This is the Human Up Podcast. My name is Victor Ung. I really appreciate you being here uh, and for being interested in emotional intelligence and about me and my journey in increasing it. Coming from an Asian American background as a man and uh, going into technology as a developer, there were definitely not very many spaces for me to really uh, learn how to deal with my emotions. So in some point along my my career in technology consulting, I realized that there were so many things about me and how I dealt with my own thoughts and emotions um, that were not very healthy and especially for the long term. And how that really showed up in my life was a lot of complacency, uh, a lot of um, a bias towards comfort, and a numbness or suppression in who I was or, or wanted to be. So this podcast is my journey in improving that and to better understand myself and my emotions, my thought process, my my perspectives, and even limiting beliefs or weaknesses that has been holding me back for for so long in, in terms of you know what I want to do and who I want to be and the things I want to experience out of this life. I fully believe that the the lack of education around our emotional intelligence, around understanding our emotions and how they work for us as individuals is why there is so much conflict in this world. And not only among other people, but within ourselves as well. That is one part of this journey that I'm looking to explore is, is how to find that inner peace within ourselves to, to manage our own internal conflict within, you know, who we are, who we think we have to be and who we want to be. In this episode, I talked to Christian Lopez, a former MLB catcher. He was drafted by the Tampa Bay Rays right after high school and played for about a decade. But after leaving that profession, you know, after having most of his early life dedicated around baseball, he, he found himself in a bit of a, a life crisis as well, not knowing what else to do or, or what he was worthy or, or capable of doing after that point. And so went on a, a journey to explore himself and what he wanted to do, what interested him, and learned uh, a whole bunch of lessons along the way and is now a life coach and motivational speaker to help others guide themselves and, and find their path as well, um, especially coming from the perspective of a man where we had a very limited sense of what masculinity meant for us as individuals. I resonated a lot with him and his message because we grew up in very similar backgrounds where our idea of a man was to be super tough and macho 
borderline emotionless in order to never show any weakness in order to to portray you know constant strength and courage all the time to be able to support a family and and a girl as if it was all up to us and that it was our sole responsibility to to be that rock um for for everyone it ends up being a lot of pressure. It ends up creating the inability to ask for help or to receive help. And having a limited scope on or, or limited role models around what a man could be was very limiting for us, very restricting. Um, and so we, we go into a lot of different topics in, in this episode. And I'm looking forward to hear what you might pull out of this conversation or if this makes you think about something in your own life. But yeah, let's let's get into it after a quick message from my sponsor. First off, thank you for being a listener of the Human Up podcast. I definitely have so much to say and express and all the things that I've experienced and observed throughout my life that I've honestly been cultured and, and kind of pressured to, to bite my tongue against. So I really love being able to use this platform and this medium as a podcast to do so. And it wouldn't be possible without Anchor.fm, which is the hosting platform I use to distribute this podcast. It's perfect for me right now because it's free and automatically distributes my episodes to all the different platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. And the cool part is that there are tools to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you don't even need any extra software or services to, to create the podcast. And you can even make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership by recording ads like this. So if you have a message to send and ideas to spread, definitely download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And who knows, maybe we can collab and create a, a podcast episode together. If you do end up creating one, you should definitely hit me up and, and we can do something there. With that, let's get back to the episode. Cool. Thanks for coming on, Christian. Um, yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, good to have you here. Um how did we we connected through uh journey which is like mm -hmm. our it's a it's a life coaching intensive um and uh it seemed like we had a lot of very similar topics to mm -hmm. talk about similar backgrounds especially around our ideas and perspectives around masculinity and how we were growing up and how men are supposed to be quote unquote supposed to behave mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I guess it'd be cool to, to share a little bit of your story and, um, you know, what's, what got you into journey, what got you into, uh, into life coaching and, and speaking, and then, uh, I'll just kind of go from there. Yeah, for sure, man. Let's do it. Let's dive right in. So, uh, so yeah, we met. Was it, did you reach out to me or did I reach out to you? I can't remember exactly. I, I can't remember either. I yeah, think yeah. I, think. I had like some post and then you, you reached out and commented on that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think you might've said something about like, you know, uh, asking people to come on your podcast and I was like, yeah, I'd love to come on your podcast. And then, uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of went through your Facebook page and, and saw what you were, what you were doing and talking about and posting about. And I was like, yeah, totally, man. This is right up my alley. This is the stuff that, that I'm concerned with that I care about. So I think that's why I reached out to you initially, but, but yeah, I started, 
I started with Journey. Actually, when I started with Journey, it was still called Shift. I don't know if I don't know if you knew that before it became Journey it was Shift. So, so I found Shift because back in August uh, August 26th, actually of 2017, um, I had uh, had a sit down, had lunch with a really good friend of mine that I had met here out here in California when I moved out here, and we actually lived together for about eight months uh, before I eventually moved in with my girlfriend who would uh, later become my wife. So we lived together for a while. We always had really deep conversations. He was just, he's just one of these guys that's very, very self-aware, very in touch with his emotions and his feelings. And he's, he's an actor, so he's not afraid to go deep within his own, you know, his own stuff and, and express that stuff um, in his work. So we always had really deep conversations. So he reached out to me. We had it. We hadn't hung out for a little bit, and then he reached out to me one day, and it just so happened my wife was out of town, so I had some free time. Um, so after on a Saturday after a softball game, I told him, "Yeah, man, let's let's get together. Let's grab some lunch and let's and let's just chat, like just like old times." So we did. We sat down, got some lunch, and it turned into about like a three-hour, you know, conversation. Um, one where I got emotional. I held back tears. Uh, we talked about some deep stuff. Um, he encouraged me. And that was at a time in my life where I was kind of lost. I was scared. I was worried. I, you know, I had retired. It had been five years since I had retired from, from baseball, um, from professional baseball. So I was at a point where I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't like the direction. Well, I had no direction in my life. I was like, I don't, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want to be. I don't know what I want to do with my life. Oh, my identity was so wrapped around a baseball player that when that was over, I was just, I was, I had trouble figuring out who I was. So, so I moved out to LA thinking I want to be an actor. And that lasted a couple of years until I realized it wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, and then, like I said, once I, once I stopped doing that, I was lost. I was like, what do I want to do? So I had that sit down with him very open. And after that talk, he said, look here, I'm going to give you some stuff to go home and watch. I'm going to give you some articles to read, just a bunch of like, you know, inspirational, motivational, self-improvement, self-growth stuff. So I went home. I think the first thing I watched was, I think it's called I Am Not Your Guru. It's to uh, Tony Robbins' like uh, latest special on, on Netflix. So I went home. Obviously, I knew who Tony Robbins was, but I don't think I had ever really gone deep into like what he does and who exactly he is. I don't think I'd ever watched any specials on him. So I went home and I watched that and freaking cried like a baby a few times, uh, just by myself at home. Like I said, my wife was in on town. So I was just at home, just sobbing, like holding, really holding, well, not really holding back tears, just kind of letting them go. Um, watched that. And I felt really inspired, really moved. I, like I said, he gave me some stuff to watch and I watched another video and another video. And then all of a sudden I was, I was, I went down this rabbit hole of just self-growth and self-improvement stuff. And one thing led to another. And I don't know how many hours I spent that day just looking up stuff online for about self-improvement, self-growth. And that's how I eventually came across a journey, which was shift at the time. So I looked into it and I was like, well, life coaching, like, what is this about? It's something I had heard of, it's something I didn't know too much about. It's one of those things that, you know, I think like most people, they hear it for the first time and they're like, man, that's not a real thing. Like life coaching, like what does that even right. mean? You know? So I kind of had the same, the same presumptions about it. So came across it, uh, read into it, did some research, read some testimonials, stuff like that, saw their curriculum and what it was about, looked at the price, 
So I was like, man, this, this seems pretty interesting. This seems something that I would really enjoy, something that would be beneficial, not just to me, but to other people and something I'd be really good at. So there was something about that that was, that was calling, me to, calling me in that direction, pulling me in that direction where I hadn't felt something like that in a very long time. So that was a good feeling. So that, that day, August 26th, just started this kind of like journey that I've been on for the last couple of years of self-improvement, self-growth. Um, that very next day, you know, I started meditating. I started journaling. Um, you know, I got a little bit more intense in my yoga practice, which is something that I'm not doing anymore. Um, but just, I started doing things that can, that can have a positive impact on my life, just change some habits, change my mindset. And it all started that day after that talk with that friend. So that's how I was led to journey. And it took me a couple of months. That was like, I think I came across journey. Yeah. Like in August. And it wasn't until maybe like a couple months later, uh, that I finally committed and say, all right, this is what I want to do. This is the next journey. This is the next path in my life. And obviously the toughest part was the financial commitment. Um, it's not as expensive as some of the other programs out, out there, but it's not, it's definitely not cheap either. So I kind of had, I think that was my biggest hesitation was like, is this something that I really want to dedicate this money, this time, this effort to, how do I know it's something I can be good at? How do I know I won't fail? All these, all these, limiting beliefs that I had in my mind. So, so that's how I, that's how I landed upon shift and, and journey. And that's how I ended up taking detective. Man, that's a story. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's, there's yeah, for sure. So for uh, sure. let's do some digging for sure. I mean, I, that's, I'm, I'm curious kind of now that you're here at this place, um, as you reflect back to that shift, it seems like you, you have that, you know, a very defined date there. Like, um, but what, what do you think is now, now having gone through this journey, like what is kind of one or two things that you've felt like you've changed or have learned, uh, throughout these, these last couple of years? Um, number one would definitely be self-awareness. Um, I think that's, I think that's one of the biggest things that anybody, any human being, can cultivate is just that sense of self-awareness um, that has helped me, you know, to figure out what my deep fears are and why I might have them. Um, one of my biggest fears is, you know, obviously the fear of failure, which I think is very, very common for a lot of people, especially people trying to do things like we're doing, like any creative avenue or any entrepreneurial avenue, that fear of failure is always going to be in the back of your mind somewhere. So that's a big one for me. And I think, I think that stems from my baseball career because for me, my baseball career, that was my, like I said, that was my identity. That's something I wanted to do since I was a kid. That was my dream forever. You know, from the moment I stepped on a baseball field, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to be a professional baseball player. I want to make a ton of money and be famous and be rich and be in the hall of fame. And I had all these dreams for myself and I wrapped my identity so much around that, that, like I said, when that came to an end, I was lost, I was crushed. And then after that, every time I go step outside my comfort zone, I go try something new, you know, whether it's life coaching or motivational speaking or, you know, acting or whatever it may be that I have tried in my life. Ever since that quote unquote failure of baseball for me, everything I go do before I go do it, before I go take that leap of faith, my mind reminds me, hey, remember, you were really good at something and you loved it and you did it for a long time. But ultimately, you failed. What makes you think 
that you're going to be able to be successful at something new, something you have no idea about, something that that is foreign to you. So for me, I think that's one of my biggest is every time I go try something new is that reminder of, you know, my, my ego, my fear, whatever it is you want to call it, taps me on the shoulder, reminds me, hey, remember, you were really good at that and you loved it. You know, it wasn't even a job for you in your mind, but ultimately you failed at it. You know, remember how bad that heartbreak was. So for me, cultivating that sense of awareness and, and learning where that fear of failure, that fear of, you know, what people are going to think and what people are going to say uh, is, has been huge for me and my growth and, and my development. Because, you know, if we just go through life never, never knowing what our thoughts are, what our ambitions are, like who we truly, deeply, really are, like how are we ever going to know you know, what venture to take or what kind of relationships are good for us or what kind of career or job we want to go into if we don't really truly know ourselves. And I think that's where, where that self-awareness really comes in handy. So for me, one of the biggest things has been cultivating a, a sense of self-awareness in myself. I mean, that's, that's so important too. I, I think that's kind of where I'm, I'm at in, in learning to develop that uh you know it's i'm i'm personally trying to balance how much of that comes naturally and how much you can force that mm-hmm. sort of education and that self-awareness too right mm-hmm. um but but yeah that's something that i'm i'm still kind of <laughs> working through a lot and yeah. trying to at least learn and read and and watch as much as I can to educate yeah. myself around, you know, emotional intelligence and trying to dive into that. Um, so one thing though, as, as you were mentioning there, uh, you know, as you've kind of gained that self-awareness and that, that sense of what's of that fear and that, and what's holding you back, like how, how do you, how have you gotten past that, um, that, that sort of fear that, that holds you back in terms of, Oh, this is a reminder of what happened. Mm -hmm. And like, how do you uh, get past that when trying new things? Um, I think for me, man, the biggest key is taking action Um, because I've been one of those people who um, I'm sure a lot of people would agree is I have these, these goals and these ambitions and these visions. And, and I think to myself like, Oh man, I I can be that guy that I want to be. I can live that life and I can have that awesome job and I can impact these people and inspire these people. And I'm just filled with these ambitions and these desires and all these great things I want to do, you know, for myself, for my wife, for the people around me, just for the world. But that's, that's always what they've been for me is just ambitions and desires and wants. And I've never really taken the critical step of taking that action and making those dreams come true. Cause you know, it's, it's, I think back in 2010, 2011, I came across that book, the secret and you know, the law of attraction, like, look, I, I believe in the law of attraction. But when, after I read that book, I thought to myself, I was like, Oh, it's easy. You just got to think really hard about what you want. And the next day you'll get it. Oh, easy. So I was like, okay, I'm a, I'm a major league baseball player. I'm a major league baseball player. I would just think this over and over and over. I was like, that's all I got to do. I just got to think it and I'm going to be there. And no, it's not, it doesn't work that way. Yes. It starts with a thought. It starts with that ambition, but that ambition is, is what cultivates that desire to take that action. Because if you want it really badly, you're going to do whatever it takes to get there. You know, it's not just like sitting there and having those ambitions and those desires. So for me, 
you know, is something that my wife has really helped me with, you know, is, is like, babe, you, like, you have all these things you want to do, but like, you never, you never do them. You just think about them and you just talk about them. You, you know, you got to go out there and take some action. You never know if you're going to be good if you don't actually go out there and, and be willing to, to go through some failure and go through some, through some bumps and bruises. So the way that I've gotten over it is just to do it, man. And the more, and it started with that self-awareness, you know, it started with that self-awareness and starting to cultivate my identity, my identity without baseball, my identity without my career, my job, my spouse, my family, without all of that stuff. Like, who am I? Who's Christian Lopez deep down? And once I started to cultivate that uh, self-awareness, that that sense of identity, um, I started finding out, okay, this is who I am. This is what I care about. Um, And just by going out there and expressing that, you know, I've been part of Toastmasters for about a year and a half now. That's been a great place for my growth and for my self-improvement because that's a you know safe space, a welcoming space where I can go in there and talk about my insecurities and my fears and my failures and the things that I've been through. So that has been a huge help. Um, you know, starting a blog post on Medium and writing about stuff that, you know, same thing, fears, struggles, stuff that I've been through in my life. That's been another one. Um, it's probably been about a year now that I've been doing, um, I try to do them daily throughout the week, uh, Monday through Friday, these Instagram live videos where, I'll just take a topic and I'll talk about it uh, for 15, 20 minutes. I ask people to interact with me. But, you know, if you would have told me a couple of years ago, like, yeah, you're going to be part of Toastmasters one day doing public speaking and you're going to be writing a blog post and you're going to be doing these daily Instagram live videos. I would have been like, no, why? Why would I do that? I have no need to do that. I have nothing to express and, and be like, who the hell's going to listen? Like, who's going to care about what I have to say? But the more I do it and the more I put myself out there, the more courage, the more inspiration, the more motivation I build within myself to keep doing it. But I think it all starts with those baby steps. And look, I still get scared. I still get nervous. I still get fearful. You know, I get nervous, you know, before we have this call, I get nervous before I talk to clients that that I'm working with. I get nervous before my speeches, but I just, I've learned to cultivate a relationship with that fear. And instead of, instead of just feeling that fear when it's coming up and be like, no, no, I shouldn't do that. I kind of step back for a moment and I think, okay, why am I having this fear? What am I scared of right now? And I think the, like I said, cultivating that self-awareness and the more I think about that stuff and step back, I could be like, man, this is such an irrational fear right now. Like if I really break it down, what I'm scared of, I'm like, is that really true? Is that really going to happen? You know, there's this, uh, I just thought of this now, but there's this book that I read by Byron Katie called loving what is. And in it, she talks about, um, she calls it uh, the quote unquote, the work. And it's pretty much like these four questions that you ask yourself whenever you face, you know, a thought like that, a limiting belief, a negative thought, whatever it is, it's, you ask yourself, is it true? Can you know for sure that it's true? Who are you when you believe this thought? And who would you be if you didn't have this thought? Um, Something, you know, along those lines. So I've kind of learned to incorporate that work into like when I have like, you know, the fear of what people are going to say, you know, people are going to laugh at me. People are going to think I'm stupid. Okay. Is that true? Um, oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Can I know for sure that it's true? No, I don't know. You know, unless I explicitly see people talking about it, who am I when I don't, when I believe that thought, um, you know, I'm weak. I'm not myself. I let my fear get the best of me. And who would I be if I didn't have that thought? Shoot, I'd be Superman. You know? I'd be, I'd be doing everything that I've always wanted to do. And I've always had that fear hold me back. That's big. That's big. I mean, I, I like that, you know, going into 
like diving into that that emotion or any emotion in particular mm-hmm. right like whenever something happens as like a whenever a highly emotional thing happens within us as humans you know there it could be very uh debilitating and um especially those big emotions like fear or anxiety or um you know especially something that is uh that is kind of affects our perception of us you know um Mm -hmm. and that so that that's that's a cool tool i guess there too mm-hmm. to uh step back ask yourself questions because i think that's mm-hmm. a lot of people that's that's missing in a lot of people to really take the time and slow down to do that you know we, mm-hmm. we sometimes will fear we'll feel something like fear and we're like mm-hmm. that's immediately oh i'm not gonna do that you know it's like an instinct mm-hmm. and um uh but to but to actually step back and, and dive into it at the same time is um it can, it can, it can really accelerate growth in that way. Yeah. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I think, I, I think, you know, most of our fears, if not all of them stem from like an ultimate fear of death. Um, so just again, with the self-awareness and realizing that and stepping back and asking yourself those questions, like, you know, example is I'm afraid of failure. Um, okay. Why am I afraid of failure? Oh, if I'm, af- if I fail, then people are going to, you know, laugh at me and not going to be around me. And they're going to think certain thoughts of me. And if they think that, then I'm going to be kicked out of the group and nobody's going to be my friends anymore. And I'm going to lose my wife and lose all my relationships. And if I lose all my relationships, I'll be by myself out in the cold. And if I'm out in the cold, you know, uh, how will I get food? How will I get shelter? If I don't get food and shelter, then I'm going to die. You know, I think it, I think we can trace all those fears that we have back to that fear of, being ostracized, being kicked out of the tribe or the group. And then, you know, as humans, we're meant to be, we're meant to bond. We're meant to be together in groups. We're not meant to go through life alone, no matter what anybody says, no matter what any, you know, self-made quote unquote self-made entrepreneur says, like we've all had help along the way. We're all meant to be, you know, to interact and to be together. So I think all those fears stem from that, that ultimate fear of death and, and of uncertainty. So I think if we can step back and ask ourselves, is this really going to kill me? Like, yes, it might really hurt. It might be scary as hell. And if I fail, I might feel like I want to, like I'm going to die. But ultimately, this isn't going to kill me. So I think we can step back and ask ourselves those questions and figure out that, yeah, this isn't going to be the end of me, even though it's going to suck. Then I think that can give us the courage or at least the the clarity to to go forward in the, in the direction that we want to go, knowing that at the end of the day, even if worse comes to worst, we're not going to die. It's an interesting thing. Like, I mean, we that we don't have to be thinking in this sort of survival mode mm-hmm. anymore. And, you know, we're not having, there's, it's not like we have tigers and, and exactly. big mammoths yeah. coming to attack us. And, but it, it's still something that's deep within our mm-hmm. DNA and our instincts there. So, um, but yeah, so that is just, that's an interesting thing of, you know, learning to, to balance, mm-hmm. um, in terms of, uh, from from a a masculinity standpoint too now in terms of kind of expressing these emotions and diving into them um and then being able to communicate that like what was your experience in um in in kind of managing emotions and dealing with emotions and expressing that you know growing okay. up 
it's a very broad question, but that, yeah, that no, can go no. into like your, your background and what you're doing in, in baseball and stuff. And yeah. yeah, no, perfect question. I love it. Um, so yeah, um, growing up in a, in a Latino, uh, household, Latino culture, I'm Cuban. Um, my parents were born in Cuba. I was born in, in Miami. So I grew up there, but you know, just growing up in that culture, in that household, even though my parents were, were pretty Americanized. Uh, Cubans. My mom was. My mom came over when she was one. My dad when he was twelve. Um, so, so my parents have you know are pretty Americanized, uh, Americanized and adapted to to the culture here. So they're not. I wouldn't say they're as traditional Cubans um, as some of my friends were uh, growing up. Um, but just growing up in that in that household, and then also living most of my life in a sports environment. Those are two environments that, um, especially with men teach us like, Hey, you got to be tough. You got to man up. Um, you can't show weakness. You can't show, you know, you can't, you know, especially in sports, like you can't, you got to show your strengths and you can't show your weakness. Cause if you show your weakness, your, your opponent's gonna, gonna exploit them. They're going to use them against you. Um, in the locker room, you know, full of a bunch of, uh, a bunch of athletes with testosterone running high. Um, you know, it's just not a place that's conducive for talking about feelings talking about emotions when you're growing up as a, as a, as a boy in a Latino culture, you know, no llores is, is a phrase that's usually thrown out there, which means don't cry, you know, you know, don't cry anything that happens. And yeah, of course there's times where kids are being bratty where it's just like, okay, why are you crying right now? But yeah, just throughout life, if you're a boy in a Latino household, you're taught not to cry. You're not, you're taught to be tough. You're taught to, you know, act a certain way, think a certain way, uh, speak a certain way. So those are two areas in my life where I was never really taught to get in touch with those emotions. But I was fortunate that my mom, um, was a very loving, very affectionate, very open, uh, parent. So her and I have always had this special bond where I can come to her about anything. Um, you know, my mom knows stuff about me that not a lot of people know. Like we've talked about certain things. She's opened up to me about certain things, but even still, um, even though she was like that, even though she was very open with me and honest, it still wasn't a place where I felt comfortable really talking about the things that were really, really bothering me. So there were, even though she knows a lot of things and I shared a lot of things with her, there are some things that, that I didn't talk about with her. I didn't talk about with anybody. Um, so, so growing up in those two places, I always suppressed uh, all those feelings. And what would happen was I would, you know, I've, I've always been this, you know, happy go lucky, optimistic guy. Like I always, you know, I always want people to be in a good mood. I hated hated, hated. I, I mean, I still don't like it, but back then I used to hate confrontation. Like I would do anything to avoid confrontation with anybody, any kind of disagreement. I, I always wanted everything to be happy, everybody to get along. I didn't want to, any kind of type of conflict, conflict whatsoever. So what I would do is I would just, I, I, ref, I would refer to myself as a chameleon where I would just, I could adapt to every group that I was in. I could adapt to every situation. I could, I could calm a tense situation down and I can do all these things. But while I think there's a place for that, there's definitely a place for people that can do that, that can ease tensions and, and, and blend in and fit and stuff like that. I don't think it's a hundred percent a bad thing, but what I was doing when I was being that chameleon was I was hiding who I really was. I was suppressing all those emotions and all those feelings that I was really feeling. You know, I would feel anger and jealousy and loneliness and, and, and disappointment and fear and worry and doubt and insecurity. I would feel all these things, but I would never let those things come to the surface. As soon as soon as I was, I would feel them bubble up. I'd say, no, 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 no. And I'd push them down, push them down. And I'd put on that smiling face and I'd put on that, 
that cheerful attitude. And then when people who were feeling those feelings and were expressing them and were, you know, quote unquote, complaining or nagging or, or just being negative, I would want to stay away from those people at all costs. You know, I was like, I don't want to be around those people. I don't, I don't just no, they bring me down and I don't want them to bring me down. I'm a happy go lucky guy. I'm always in a good mood. Why can't they just be grateful for life? But what I found through, you know, work on myself and through, and through gaining that self-awareness was I found out that the reason I wanted to stay away from those people was because they were reminding me of the stuff that was going on inside of me that I didn't have the courage to deal with, that I didn't have the strength to deal with. So that's, that's another big part of my life that self-awareness helped me understand and helped me figure out that the reason I didn't want to be around these negative people was, was because it was, it was just a form of projection. You know, I was judging them for being negative and for not being grateful, but at the same time I was judging myself, you know, because I wasn't allowing myself to, to have these emotions and, and to express these emotions. So, so yeah, it just wasn't two areas that were very conducive to, to expressing those things. And what would happen was I would suppress them and suppress them and suppress them. And then all of a sudden I get in a fight with a girlfriend and I blow up and I get into this fit of rage and I yell and I'd scream. And, you know, I would just like my, my, I couldn't control my emotions because they would just come up. All those emotions that I was suppressing would just come up and I was just, and I just couldn't control them. It was very impulsive. And, you know, same thing with baseball. Was it like I would suppress, suppress, suppress. And then I'd have a bad game where I'd strike out three times and I would, you know, just lose my, lose my crap. You know, I'd throw my helmet, I'd break my bat. I, there was one time where I punched the wall and I broke a bone in my hand. And it's just, I didn't have any control over those emotions because I was never, I never allowed myself to really feel them, to really talk about them, to really express them. So that is something that I'm learning to work on now. And it's made a world of difference. It's been a long time since I like blew up or, or got in a real, you know, bad fit of rage and couldn't control my emotions. It's been a long time since I've done that. So, so it's been working. It's been working for me for sure. I mean, it's interesting that, oh man, there's a lot that I can <laughs> kind of go in there, but uh, I mean, so, so yeah, not having a, a control and, and management of our emotions because we didn't have that space to do so. So did mm -hmm. you feel like that wasn't, like available like what kind of limited that uh that form of expression there for you um was it like just the environments that you're in or just the perceptions that you know that you had or yeah i think that's a very generic question but, yeah. no, um, no, no. I, I totally understand i totally understand yeah i think it was i think it was mostly my perceptions because you know, my, my parents never explicitly told me like, Hey, you can't talk about your emotions. Like you, like, I never felt that I couldn't go to my parents about stuff like that, especially my mom. You know, I felt like I could go to her, to her about anything, but I think it's just that, that stigma, that, that cultural norm, that societal norm, you know, not just a Latino culture, you know, I just, just, I think just being a man in general, you know, men are taught, especially in America, like, Hey, this is how men act. You're a provider. You're a protector. You're a tough guy. If you don't know something, you figure it out. If you're lost on the highway, you don't ask for directions. Men don't ask for directions. You know, it's those, it's those societal things that we see um, that I said, like I said, are not maybe not explicitly taught to us by our parents, but we see them in, in, in TV. We see it in movies. We see it in magazines. We see it all over the media. Like, hey, this is, this is what a real man is. And if you're not 
this, and if you don't exemplify these, these characteristics and these traits, then maybe you're not a real man. So I think it was, I think it was just my own perceptions of what a real man is supposed to be. And obviously, you know, being in a, in a fairly macho machismo type atmosphere, uh, in Latino culture and in, you know, in uh, professional athletics didn't, didn't help me, uh, in that sense. But yeah, I think it was just my own perceptions because I never really had somebody explicitly say like, no, you can't talk about that stuff or you're a weak man or you're not a man. It's just, I think it's just what I would see around me and how other men would act and what other men would talk about. And then I kind of like built this, this idea of what a man is supposed to be like and what a man is supposed to speak and, and think like. Right. And it makes sense, right? Cause we, as humans, we want to blend in or belong with, with someone and, and a group. And uh, so we'll kind of mimic, behaviors of those around us um but it is interesting that now there's a lot more people talking about how that's been so debilitating and and limiting um in in especially in you know in human and emotional growth uh there's um (laughs) there's there's been a couple questions i wanted to ask but i haven't uh, forgot about it. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, dude, ask me anything you want to ask me seriously. Yeah. So it was really cool talking to a, uh, a, a major league baseball player, at least an ex major league baseball player. First of all, mm-hmm. uh, I, I haven't really been following baseball at all as much. I, I mm-hmm. played a little bit in high school, but, um, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it takes a lot of work to, to do yeah. that. And, and mm-hmm. I think that's a dream for a lot of, a lot of boys, um, a lot of people in general, but, mm-hmm. um, when going into baseball, um, what was that culture like, like in terms of, you know, joining a group of, of, of guys who are, chasing after this goal but like what mm-hmm. was then what was your relationship like with your teammates and, mm-hmm. and uh um how has that either changed or developed over the years mm-hmm. um yeah uh, uh being an athlete that was one of my favorite parts of being an athlete is being in the clubhouse being in the locker room uh with my teammates i mean there's stuff that goes on in there that you know if you were a fly on a wall you would be like wow, really? This stuff is going on in a group of big macho manly men, which is, which is, which to me, it's, it's, it's kind of paradoxical because, you know, men and especially professional men in general, you know, they kind of have this stigma, this air about them, this confidence, this cockiness, like they're the manliest of the manliest. But I guess something happens when you're around a group of essentially of your brothers, because that's what it feels like, especially when you're playing baseball, you're with them for, you know, seven months six, seven months out of the year, every single day, you know? So it's like, it's, it becomes a family. So I think there's this, there's this sense of comfort when you're, when you're in that atmosphere where you can pretty much say anything, be yourself. Um, just like, yeah, there was just stuff that went on in that locker room that you would think like, wow, a, a big macho manly professional athlete just said that and did that. Like I would have never imagined, you know, there was, there was stuff that like that that happened all the time. But then at the same time, there was also, you know, the, the guy talk and, you know, the, the certain things that were said that if said outside of a locker room, people would be like, yo, that's, that's kind of messed up. Um, so it was, it was kind of weird because in a, in a sense, there was that 
that air of like, Hey, we're men, we don't talk about certain things, but then there was certain things that we would, you know, just pranks we would pull and things like, you know, just things that would go on that you would think like, there's no way a macho manly athlete athlete man is saying or doing that right now. So, so there was kind of the sense of, of both of that, but I think, I think it just ties back to just being comfortable. You know, when you're, when you're, when you cultivate that relationship with your teammates, with your brothers, there's a, a, you don't have to pretend to be somebody that you're not. You can, you can kind of let loose. You can kind of open up and, and say things and do things that you wouldn't normally do in the outside world because you know, your teammates aren't going to judge you. They're just going to be like, Hey, that's, that's Christian. That's who he is, you know? So, so yeah, in a way it kind of cultivated that, those two senses of, Yes, you can be yourself, but at the same time, you also have to uphold that image of what a man, a manly man is supposed to be like. Well, that's interesting that, so it sounds like comfort is, is huge there and having, mm-hmm. you know, the, a comfortable relationship that you can feel that safe to yep. express Absolutely. things, to talk about things that like you wouldn't otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it, it kind of, what I hear is that you did have those avenues to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, was there something that you still felt missing though, or like that you couldn't feel like you can fulfill or satisfy within your current relationships at the time or. Um... Yeah, for sure. There was definitely, there was definitely that, that sense of, you know, emotions and feelings. Those, those definitely weren't something that were talked about in the clubhouse. Um, because again, we're manly men, we're athletes. We don't talk about that stuff. We just go out there and we win ball games and we do whatever it takes to be, to be victorious. So, so yeah, there was, even though it was a great atmosphere, it was a comfortable atmosphere. It was a, an atmosphere was filled with my brothers and my teammates, teammates and people that knew me really well, but there were certain things we didn't talk about and feelings and emotions and heartbreak were some of them. You know, if you get one-on-one, like I had certain teammates that I was closer with than, than others. And yeah, when I would, when I would get around them. I was, I would, I would be open about stuff like that, but in that actual clubhouse locker room atmosphere with all the other people around there, no, there was a sense of apprehension, apprehension and hesitation when it came to talk about emotions and feelings and, and, and stuff like that. So, so yeah, that was something I had to learn to cultivate outside of that because I still wanted to uphold that image of what a manly, what a manly man is, a manly masculine man. Yeah. I mean, and there's, I guess there's a time and place for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's maybe not something you want to do in the locker room all the time. Just yeah, like have exactly. everybody go through like a therapy session or something. Exactly. But, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, so then have, finding those spaces outside of that, were there, uh, what were your relationships like with other men outside of that, outside of your teammates? Um, outside of my teammates. Um, yeah, I've always had really good friendships. There was one, there's one friend that I've known for forever. Um, back in, in Miami, we, I mean, we met like in elementary school, we've been friends ever since. And he's probably the one male friend, uh, apart from any teammates or, or anything like that, that I've opened up to the most. Like we know things about each other. We've, we've experienced things together. We talk about, you know, certain subjects, like he is probably the the male in my life who I've opened up the most to as far as emotions, feelings, heartbreak, you know, we've, we've both been through heartbreak. We both went through, you know, relationships in the past when we were teenagers, early twenties that that really had an effect on us. That really broke our hearts. So we've been through similar things together and yeah, we've always been really open. We've always um, been really honest with each other. So he is somebody that I've always kind of had that 
that relationship with. But even though I've been open and honest with him about certain things, there are certain emotions and feelings um, like, you know, my fear of failure and my fear of, you know, what other people are going to say and needed to seek approval. Those are areas where I haven't really opened up about to anybody because A, I felt like they were weak and, and I didn't want to expose that side of me. And B, just up until lately, I didn't, I didn't know those sides of me really existed or I didn't know how deep they went. So, but yeah, now it's something that I'm readily available to open up to anybody about because it's not something that, it's something that used to bring me a lot of shame. Um, when, when my baseball career came to an end, when I moved out to LA to become an actor and that, you know, didn't pan out the way I wanted, there was a deep, deep, deep sense of shame there that I didn't want to share with anybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody about it. So I just hid that. But like I said, the more I do it, the more I come clean about it, the more I'm honest with myself and with others and express that, the more courage and more strength I have, because even though it's something that might still be kind of a fresh wound for me, there's been so many people that by expressing that stuff and by talking about that stuff that have reached out to me and said, Hey man, thank you for saying that. That's something that I've been through. That's something that, that I've gone through in my life and you speaking up about it, you know, gives me the, the awareness, gives me the courage to, to, you know, open about, open up about it myself as well. So man, that for me has been such a, such a sense of inspiration and motivation to keep doing what I'm doing, even though it might be painful for me. But I know that once I get to the other side and once that I cleanse myself of all this shame and fear and guilt, I know that I'm going to be okay. And I know not only am I going to be okay, but I'm, I know I'm going to help other people in a positive way at the end of the day. It's amazing to, you know, that, that that's the current movement, you know, that people are, you know, whole, the whole Brene Brown vulnerability aspect. I love, I love and, Brown, man. Yeah. Love right. Oh, yeah. Brown. And it's, it's, I mean, just in terms of, it's really, after hearing that, you know, you're, you kind of think like, why haven't we been doing this this whole time, you know? And um, so just to be able to express, you know, any any negative part of our life, of course, is hard. And there's always a time and place for it. Um, and, and you don't maybe want to do it too much or wallow in it as much either, uh, or or use it as a way to burden others as well but at the same time you know exposing a a certain level of what is what is human right like I think there's you know we're not all perfect or we don't all have to be a certain you know Mm -hmm. uh uh just yeah sense of perfection all the time um so that's unrealistic and and if somebody has that perception that they also have to be perfect it's a lot of pressure it's a lot of you know, uh, uh, the stuntedness too. Um, I think bringing it back to how, like, that's, that's how I've kind of perceived how I had to be right. In terms of, you see all these other, especially all these like good looking macho tough men getting Mm -hmm. all the girls and everything Mm -hmm. and like being all suave and everything. And, um, Mm -hmm. that's kind of what has, and I don't want to say ruin, but it is something that has like tainted my perception of myself. Like if I couldn't be one of those guys, um, then I wasn't a guy or I wasn't a man. Right. And, Mm -hmm. Mm um, so it's super important to have, I, I think in, in that, um, in that level of expression to showcase that in any aspect that, um, 
that it's not just one-sided there's multiple layers to everything yeah um especially as a man that you know that you can be emotional that you can cry that of you can course. be sensitive and of course um yeah that's yeah, just, I, I, yeah i think when i think when we we cultivate that that ideal of like hey this is what a man is and we see it in tv and movies and and media and all this stuff and there's there's nothing wrong with it there's nothing wrong with being a a, a macho good looking rugged bearded you know axe wielding right man. there's there's nothing wrong with that nothing at all but it's not that's not solely who a man is you know i think when you cultivate that that idea and that image of like this is what a man is and if when you do that and you say, this is what you need to be a man, but then some people don't embody those characteristics or they think differently or they speak differently or they act differently. What you're essentially telling them is like, well, you're, you're not really a man, you know? And, and what is that going to do to somebody's, you know, sense of mind or, or, or mindset? You know, when you tell them like, Hey, you know, you know, you might not telling them, you not, might not be telling them explicitly straight up, like, you're not, you're not a man, you're not manly enough. But when, you know, but putting these images out in media and, and having this cultural and societal norm of what a man is supposed to be, you're implicitly essentially telling them, like, you're not a man unless you live up to, to these traits and, these, and, the, and you embody these, these characteristics. And that's such a detriment, man, because there's so many, there's so many men out there, just so many people in general who you know, might not live up to these characteristics of what society says a man or a woman or whatever is supposed to be. And they, they just go throughout their whole lives hiding who they truly are and, and depriving the world of their magic, of their uniqueness. Because I, I believe that every one of us, man, every one of us has something to offer the world. Every one of us, man. But when we cultivate that image of what a man is supposed to be, we, you know, we cause people to hide. We cause people to, to blend in to the background and not want to, you know, stick their hand up and say, Hey, look at me, you know, because they're like, well, I don't fit into that mold. So I'm just going to sit here in the corner and not say much and live the rest of my life. Just, you know, trying to fit in and try not to stand out. Like, no man, like stand out, like be yourself, stand up and be like, Hey, I might not be what the world considers a manly man, but so what, but I'm still a worthy human being and I'm still good enough. And I'm still, you know, worthy of, of being in this world and sharing my gifts and, and my talent or whatever it is. Definitely. I mean, uh, there's, there's so much, so much I resonate with that. I think there's, um, uh, like I representation is big, right. Mm -hmm. Especially in media that, you know, um, I'm not really sure how it is on, on your perspective, but from an Asian perspective, that was something mm -hmm. that because there's not as much of other other role models in that sense especially in mainstream media um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and and then if you didn't have that around yourself in real life then you know you're it, it's really easy to feel alone in that yeah. um and then and then in that sense there's a lot of suppression too of who you are and what makes you like you said like makes you stand out and i i completely agree and and also believe that everyone has a uniqueness and everyone mm -hmm. is an individual. Mm -hmm. uh, only you have that unique combination of your experience, of your culture, of your, of your thought process of, you know, how you're raised and what, what interests you. Um, mm -hmm. And only you can bring together all of that to make something of your own. So, but if there is a sense of that, you know, that you can't, um, cultivate any aspect of that or, or express or dive into a certain emotion, then it limits you. 
Um, <laughs> and so anyway, it's really cool that you're, you're exploring that aspect now, um, to, to allow yourself to, you know, dive into these emotions. Um, yeah, and- I've never, I've never been, you know, I was an athlete and I'm tall and I'm strong and, you know, and, and athletic and all this stuff that, you know, sometimes people say, Oh, that's a manly feature or whatever. But there's also parts of me like sensitivity, emotionality, emotional intelligence, which is something that you've talked about. There's, there's stuff like that, that are, you know, sometimes considered more of a feminine quality quality that I've embodied all of my life. And there's, there's no reason why I should be made to feel that just because I embody those characteristics and those qualities that I'm not a man or that I'm not manly enough. You know, we're all, we're all different in the way we view the world. We're all, you know, there's, and like I said, to just to reiterate, there's nothing wrong with being that macho man, that provider, that breadwinner, you know, the, 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 the man of the house, whatever, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that at all, but to, but to decide and to say that that is the only way to be a true man. That's what's the, what's the detriment. You know, if people, I know a lot of people like that, men like that, who are like the breadwinners of the house and the men of the house, and they do all the things around the house and they say what goes and all this stuff, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But to, to believe and to say that that's the only way a real man is supposed to be and behave, that's, I think that's, that's where it's wrong. You know, that's, yeah. no, it's, we're all human beings, men, women, it doesn't matter, man. Yeah. I mean, I think in general, if there is any, yeah, when people say that you should do something or you shouldn't do it, any, anytime we use the word should is, Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. maybe a little dangerous in in a sense. Right. Um, you know, cause that, that's kind of casting and projecting, Mm -hmm. you know, personal values onto someone else when it might not be completely, uh, relevant or, or, uh, in, in line at all. So, um, yeah, that's that's something. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, that's something go ahead. I'm trying to. That's what I'm trying to. Something I'm trying to be a little bit more cognizant of myself is throwing out the shoulds because I know I say it sometimes in my videos and um, when I'm with clients or, or whatever it is, I throw that out there. But I, I'm trying to be more aware of it because another one of big uh, big uh, faults of mine is before I started doing all this work on myself, like I said, I was a happy-go-lucky, you know, optimistic guy. And, you know, there'd be times where my wife would come home from work and, you know, she'd be stressed out from the day or whatever. And, you know, I'd I'd want to cheer her up and I'd want her to talk about it. And I would, we would get in fights because I wanted her to see the world the way I saw it. I wanted her to like, you know, be grateful and like, just, we would get in these fights because I didn't want her to come home stressed out, you know? And, and I, when I look back on it, I was like, man, that was messed up because I wasn't trying I was trying to impose the way that I see the world and my perspective on somebody else and making them buy into that. And that's something, like I said, I'm trying to be more aware of and trying not to do a, do it so much or do it at all. Um, just trying to share my experience and share my wisdom without having to say, you should do this. So this is how you should see the world. Or this is what you should adopt. And what I'm trying to get a little better with is, you know, hopefully when I launch my podcast pretty soon and, and when I start working with clients and all this stuff is, you know, I'm inviting people to challenge me. I'm inviting people to question. Like, I, you know, I, I've said in a few of my videos, I was like, don't take my word for anything that I'm saying right now. Question it. Question me. Question everything that you learn, not because you're wrong, not because of a sense of wrong or right, just because just to figure out a sense of who you really are. Like if I tell you something and it resonates with you, figure out why. Or if it doesn't re- resonate with you, be like, yeah, that I don't believe that. That doesn't resonate with me. You know, because I'm 
growing and I'm learning and I don't ever want to stop growing and learning. You know, the person that I'm, that I was two years ago is different, really different from the person I am now. And the person that I'll be two years from now, hopefully will be a little bit different and, and I'll grow and I'll learn certain things and I'll change my mind and I'll adopt new perspectives and new opinions and new beliefs. But I never want to stop learning and growing. And I, cause I don't think I'm perfect. I don't think I have all the answers. Actually, that's a big fear of mine when it comes to doing this stuff is like, man, am I going to say something stupid? Is somebody going to call me out because I contradict myself or I say something wrong? But, you know, I'm trying to cultivate that sense of like, you know what? I'm a human being. I'm not perfect. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to say dumb things. I'm going to get things wrong and just be willing to be okay with that because we all go through that at one point or another, everyone else. Right. And it goes back to that whole sense, like we don't have to be perfect all the time, but, um, but to, but to have that expectation on, on ourselves or others is it's, it's, it's tough to live up to, uh, a lot of times. And so, um, man you know something i need to get better at is like catch like holding on to my thoughts like i such, yeah, i know it's just like ah oh, there was something i want to go there but. it's tough it's tough. <laughs> and it's like you don't want to and you don't want to enter because i found i find myself kind of doing the same thing here too it's just like oh i want to hold on to that thought but if i hold on to that thought then i'm not really listening to yeah it. exactly I want to, yeah and i don't want to be in too close. yeah uh what was what was the last thing you said in terms of um um uh, the sense of being wrong and right and not right. having to be perfect and um sense of self um, mm-hmm. i don't know just, just yeah. throw something out there man and we'll wait, <laughs> <I'll> wait. <laughs> yeah no worries um yeah so that kind of brought me there was one thing that i thought of while you're talking there too is like uh being like to, to take an emotional risk, you know, cause I think mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to is like for those who don't feel like they have that space to express themselves is because it's, it's a risky thing. And, and, uh, to, um, to open yourself up, you know, just in, in a, is a, is a easy way to relate the, or visualize that. It's like, you know, if you're yeah. in war, you're letting down your armor, you're exposing yourself. There's yeah. a sense that you can get pierced by something. Yeah. Right. So, um, or like stabbed. And so like how, when, how do you, how do you sort of deal or manage uh, taking that risk to be emotional and, and allowing yourself, you know, to take a hit like that, that could, could potentially be very, piercing or, or yeah. damaging and then is there a sense did that ever happen where you did you know kind of get uh sort of the the risk that you took was maybe not as safe as you thought it was yeah um yeah it, it goes back to like i said the people that have stood up and that have reached out to me after i post something after i say something and say hey me too man i know exactly what you're talking about that's what keeps me pushing forward that's what keeps me, you know, you know, being vulnerable and expressing myself and my opinions and my thoughts and my beliefs. Um, it's funny. I always think about that scene from eight mile where, uh, where they're doing the rap battle in the last scene. And then Eminem's character, you know, he goes first and he's like, all right. So he goes first. And like, he says all the things about himself that he knows the other rapper is going to use to, to put him down. And once he kind of like frees himself of that and like exposes it and throws it out into the world that, like, yeah, People are probably going to make fun of them and be like, hey, you still live with your mom and this and that. But once you expose it and once it, it's out there, people can't really use it. I mean, there's, they, they can still use it against you, but it's going to have less of an impact because you've been hiding those things 
for so long and you've been wanting to, to, for people not to see them and for people and to not show that side of you. But once you finally do like, yeah, it's going to be tough and there's going to be times where, yeah, people might use things against you. But I found for me personally, the more I talk about that stuff, even though it's, I know now it's going to be out there. I know people are going to know. I know people might say like, ha ha, look at Christian. He's a crybaby and he got his heart broken or he's this or he's that, or he's full of fear. I'm like, yeah, okay. People might use that. But what concerns me more is the people that I know I'm going to impact and affect by coming out with that stuff and saying it, you know, the people that, that are going to stand up and say, Hey man, thank you for sharing that. I really needed to hear that. That got me through my day. That got me to look at things a little bit differently. Those are the people whose opinions and feedback and comments I'm concerned with, not the people that might use it against me or might use it to make fun of me or, or paint this picture of me as a beta male, as a weak man or, or whatever they want to call me. That's, you know, whatever that's going to happen. And I know it's going to happen eventually, you know, as, as I reach more and more people that'll happen, but I just have to be willing to accept that. And, you know, knowing there that there's going to be people reaching out to me uh, on the other end of the spectrum saying, Hey, this really helped me out that's what I focus on. And that's what keeps me, keeps me pushing forward and expressing that part of myself. I think that's the hardest part, right? Where a, a negative aspect sticks out in our mind. So, so much, you know, that's the, mm-hmm. the hate comments, the criticism, yeah. the, you know, yeah. you could do nine things. Great. But then that one thing was yep. wrong. It's like yep. I, you stick with that and it's hard to remember all the other good things that happened. Um, so so I, I am thinking from the, you know, perspective of someone who might not be, especially, I, I guess, for myself, uh, mm-hmm. when it's okay to really put myself out there uh, and, and, you know, dealing with any of those negative comments or, or criticism mm-hmm. um, and not letting that get to you is that's, it's still a hard thing. It's easier said than yeah, done. Right. Of course. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and so yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's where I'm trying to, um, that's what I'm trying to get better at too is, you know, first yeah. of all, like when is the right time to do so? And then mm-hmm. uh, how do you really, um, you know, express yourself in a way that, mm-hmm. uh, is, is, is growing and, you know, showcase, showcase growth. But yeah, uh, something that I always try to remind myself of whenever I'm expressing something like that, or I'm, or or I'm being vulnerable or or I'm opening myself up for some kind of hate or attack or, or anything like that. I always think about, you know, the people that, that lash out or that, that, you know, have those negative comments or those nasty things to say about you. I always think about where their mindset might be, where they might be at in their lives. Um, because, you know, as you know, as somebody who's becoming a life coach or somebody who's, you know, starting a podcast and putting yourself out there and putting your thoughts and opinions, you know what it feels like to be, to be vulnerable. You know what it feels like to express yourself. You know, it takes a lot, a lot, a lot of courage. You know, people talk about manning up and, and you know, being a tough guy. I firmly believe without doubt that it takes much more courage and much more strength to be vulnerable and to talk about the things that bug you like that than it is to just man up and just tough it out. Not that that doesn't take strength or that doesn't take, you know, some kind of courage, but exposing who you really are, especially when it doesn't line up with society's expectations of what a man is supposed to be like, man, that takes so much damn courage. So, you know, this firsthand, I know this firsthand. So I try to think about that stuff when somebody leaves me like a, 
nasty comment or has something negative to say about me. I think about, you know, is this, has this per person gotten to a point in their lives where they've truly expressed themselves? Have they gone, have they taken that step to be vulnerable, to be courageous? Because if they have, they would know the strength that it takes, the courage that it takes, the vulnerability that it takes to do so. And if they've gone through it themselves, I don't, I don't think they would be as quick to criticize somebody else. I don't think they'd be as quick to, to say some negative stuff to other people because right now, you know, with your do with what you're doing and with what other, you know, people around the world are doing as far as, you know, trying to impact people's lives and trying to express ourselves. You know, I look at somebody like you and I would never criticize you because I know the courage that this takes to do what you're doing right now. Cause I've been through it myself. And I think, you know, when those people are quick to jump on you with a hateful comment, I just think to myself, like they just probably haven't, you know, sat down to do the work on themselves that, that, you know, that work that takes courage and takes that vulnerability. So I try to remind myself of that whenever, and, but like you said, it's much easier said than done. Those negative comments are still going to sting. They're still going to yeah. get through. They are, they are, but I always try to think about like, where, where might this person be in their life right now? Because if they're saying nasty, hateful things like that, then maybe they really haven't been through the same things that we've been through. So, you know, I kind of try to take those comments with a grain of salt. Yeah. It was really interesting too. It was like, I, that's something I've realized recently is that I, I because I had that sense of judgment um, for others as well as on myself that, well, let's see, I, my, my judgment onto others was, was basically a, the hardest judgment on myself too. Oh, of course. Um, uh, and so, so that's, that, that's a big part I'm trying to get over is not being so judgmental um, because of how that also in a way bounces back mm -hmm. onto me. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's really interesting how that, that has yeah, I I guess, read, manifested. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I read this book recently called The Four Agreements, and one of the agreements, one of the agreements in there, is don't take anything personally, um, because whatever you know somebody has to say about you, it's probably a hundred percent coming from their their own perspectives and their own things that they've been through in their lives and they the way they see the world. So most of the time, it just has nothing to do with you. Yeah, it might seem like it does. It might seem like they're trying to bring you down, but what they're seeing and what they're what's impacting them has nothing to do with you. It has to do with them and the way they see the world and the way, you know, the world impacts them. So, you know, just, just reminding myself of that as well. Like whenever somebody says something like that, like, yeah, of course it's going to hurt. Of course it's going to sting. Cause you're going to think to yourself, those fears are going to come back and be like, Oh shoot, they found me out. Maybe I'm not going to, mm -hmm. this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing, but no, you have to step back and be like, you know what? That's, that's your opinion. That's your perspective. And you're more than entitled to it, but that's, that's all you. That's how you see me. That's how you see the world. You know, the people that really know me and the people that really love me, they, they know the type of person I am. So I don't know. It's just a bunch of stuff that I try to do to try to limit the, the effect of those negative comments that I know I will get and that I have gotten. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's that's, I think that's the work in there, you know, letting go of that, uh, that ego or, or that, <laughs> that sense of, um, uh, I can't find the words, but, yeah, just that ego, that like that representation of oh yeah, mm -hmm. to take things personally is, is something yeah. that's the hardest thing to do. But um, you know, if you can like separate out maybe their criticism or their that 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 hateful comment is on mm -hmm. is about something else, not you personally. Like it's something 
Exactly. It's hard to describe. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I know yeah. exactly what you mean. There is this guy, um, Dylan Moran, I think uh, M-A-R-R-O-N. Um, he's a guy that has a podcast or it's either a podcast or a YouTube channel. I follow him on Instagram. I haven't checked out his show, but what he does is he will take, he's, he's a gay uh, man. So he will take like he, I mean, you can't even imagine, or you could imagine the stuff, the hateful stuff that he gets just for being a, a gay man, which is crazy now in 2019 that people still get hated on because of their sexual orientation. But anyway, that's another topic. But what he does is that he'll purposely flesh out those nasty comments from people and he'll reach out to them and say, Hey, do you want to come on my podcast on my YouTube show and, you know, discuss it further. And I think that's freaking genius, man. And, and there's, there's been so many times where he has had people come on and at the end of the show, they're like, damn, man, you know, I was wrong about you. I had all these judgments about you and I had all this mean stuff to, about, to say about you, but you're, you're really a cool guy. And, and you know, I, I really like you. I love what you're doing. And I, I feel that's genius, man. That's genius because that's not a, it's not easy to do to purposely go through those nasty comments and because you know that's that's going to affect him you know of course it's going to affect him he's a human being but to be able to reach across the aisle and reach out to those people and be like hey man let's let's have a conversation like let's let's figure out why you think this way about me and then to like have a productive conversation and get somebody to say you know what man i was judging you before i even knew you and i'm sorry like you're, you're a pretty cool dude I, I feel like man that's so that's such a great thing that he's doing yeah when you know that's a that's a perfect almost combating uh tactic is just to get curious then you know yeah, not yeah. not not want to then become defensive or to take things personally but then yeah go in at, at sort of a detective mindset and yeah you know like ask questions and and figure yeah. out like what really is driving that that thought or that perspective or that behavior so um yeah a lot uh, yeah i love that. that he does that and i think when i think when people I think when people reach out and just to purposely, you know, put you down and cut you down, there's, I think that there's something in their lives that, that they're not dealing with or, or, you know, something that's going on with them that, you know, maybe their their life is not in a, in a place where they want it to be. So, you know, and instead of doing the work on themselves, which can be a lot tougher, which can be a lot scarier to do and, and trying to get their life in order and to a place where they want to be. Instead, they do the easy thing and they try to cut somebody down so they can feel better about themselves. So I think that's where a lot of that comes from is, you know, people, because think about it. If, you're, if your life is in a place where you want it to be and everything's going great and you're doing good work, why would you feel the need to go on and bash somebody else? Like I, I, couldn't, I couldn't picture myself just going on YouTube or, or going, you know, listening to certain podcasts just to purposely find something I don't agree with and just purposely cut somebody down. Like, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I have so much, so many more productive, positive things I want to do than to go on and purposely just bash people just because I don't feel good about myself. So, you know, that's another thing I try to think of as well. And there's been times where people have, you know, messaged me directly on Instagram or, or Facebook or whatever to say like some nasty things. And instead of getting upset and bashing them, because I think that's what they want you to do. They want you, they want to know that they got under your skin. They want to know that they impacted your life in some way, shape or form. So what I try to do is just reach out to them and be like, Hey, why, you know, why, why do you feel the need to be so mean right now? And just, and just have like a normal conversation with them. Obviously sometimes it doesn't go that way and they just keep adding on and adding on and calling me names and saying these things. But I try to approach it from that way because if I come at them trying to argue with them and try to put them down and try to make them feel the same way that I feel, it's not going to do anything for me. It's not going to do anything for them. So I just try to step back, step back and think about 
how can I handle this situation in a productive way or in a way that might be productive, even if it doesn't end up being that way. I, I easier I, said I, than done. Like you said. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I want to definitely get into a lot of that topic because it makes me think about just social media and internet in general. <laughs> There's so much to go into that, but that's probably going to be a whole nother podcast. So, yeah, yeah. um, uh, just to be cognizant of our time here, I think it, it's uh, it's been a while, but it's great to have this conversation. Yeah, this um, is awesome, man. I I think what so yeah so as a as a end segment, I like to mm-hmm. uh, do or I'm trying out on this podcast is uh, go into you know, the, the stories or experiences of, of certain emotions. Um, yeah. Have you, you've seen the movie Inside Out, the Pixar movie? Yes. I freaking love that movie. Yeah. So good. So good. <laughs> so, so good. It's super cool. And, and I like that they, uh, you know, in a way personified each of these emotions because mm-hmm. there was actually, I think a, a research study or paper kind of came out that, mm-hmm. you know, tested this theory um, that that you know if we can personify these emotions uh within ourselves that it helps with a lot of our our management in a way too <laughs> anyway that's a whole different thing but <laughs> with with what i want to do with uh the these emotions is kind of just go through real quickly rapid fire like a, a quick sure. story or uh uh the most recent time you felt each of these emotions um sure. or what you think about it or how how that relates how you see the world in general okay. Sure. So in terms of anger, when's the last mm-hmm. time you felt angry, either personally or only be for the world? Or um... uh, Angry. Um, probably the last time that my wife and I had a really big fight, um, which was a while ago. Like we'll have our discussion or our disagreements and, and whatnot. But the last time we had like a really, really big fight, I mean, I can't even remember. It was probably a few years ago. But I think it came from a place of her uh, saying something that I knew was true that I, that struck a chord that's, that hit a, a wound that I had, that I hadn't yet dealt with. So this was obviously before I started doing the, all this work on myself, but yeah, that was probably the last time that I got really, really angry like that because it was an issue that I had yet to shine light on an issue that I had yet to do work on and resolve in myself. So even though I got angry at her, I knew she was right. And that's, I think that's why I got angry because I was like, I know you're right. Stop bringing it up. I, damn it. You know? So right. yeah, that was probably like the last time I, 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 I don't even remember what the fight was about, but that was definitely the last time that I remember really getting angry like that. Yeah. Especially if you haven't like spent the time to admit, yeah. you know, uh, a weakness yeah. and then someone else calls it out before you. Then totally. Like, totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't yeah. want to do that. Yeah. So that yeah. makes sense. Um, how about sadness? Sadness. Um, <sighs> sadness. Um, yeah, either what you're sad about, either just in the world in general, or um, um, last time you felt it. I guess uh, living in LA, um, the as you probably know, well, you're in Seattle, so you probably know very well as well. The homeless, you know, issue is is has become really really bad, and just just seeing stuff like that, man. Like I, I wish there was something I could do on a grand scale to like, you know, it's just you know, every time I see something like that there's a part of me that gets sad, but there's a part of me that also fills me with gratitude because, man, it's just, it's just a matter of like, 
just a little twitch, you know, a little glitch or whatever adjustment in the universe. And we could bear very easily be in those people's shoes. You know, it's, yeah, they, they probably made some bad decisions, but who knew, who knows what, you know, environment they grew up in, what kind of parents they had, what kind of guidance, what kind of role models. Um, so, you know, just seeing stuff like that, man, it's just, it, 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 you know, it's sad for me because I just, I'm so grateful with my life and I'm so happy with, with the life that I have and the things that I'm doing. Not to say that I don't have my bad days, of course, but I, I'm just filled with such a sense of gratitude that sometimes I want everybody to feel that sense of gratitude. And I want everybody to just have a good life, a good, decent life. And just, cause we get one shot at this man. And it's just like some people, you know, just live their lives, just not a really, really great life or really advantageous life. So just seeing stuff like that, man, it's just, yeah, sometimes it just, it just gets to me. Yeah. And that's what I appreciate you doing and giving back in some way to, you know, provide the space for people um, Mm -hmm. to explore in general. So um, I think that's important in in all Mm -hmm. aspects. Um, How about fear? Fear. Um, Recording my, my podcast, you know, my first episode of my podcast that I just recorded and my second one too is, I think, I think more so my second one, because my first one, uh, my first episode is just pretty much my story and how I got to, to be launching this podcast and be where I am right now. But the second one was, it's funny enough, it's about fear. Um, so just, you know, I, I, I was doing so much research and I was reading up, you know, definitions of fear and I was going like to, like, you know, psychology websites and finding out fear and all these facts and all these numbers and all these statistics. And I think I was just delaying getting started because I was fearful of saying the wrong thing of what other people are going to say of, you know, sounding dumb, sounding stupid, contradicting myself. So that's probably the last time I felt that sense of fear was right before I hit that record button on my second, uh, second episode of, uh, of my podcast is just having that fear of like, what are people going to think? What are people going to say? Am I going to say the wrong thing? So that was probably the last time I felt that sense of fear. It's really interesting. And I'm glad you like shared that because there, there is, sometimes fear can be constructive too and helpful where Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. fear just there, uh, you know, motivated you to make sure you go into that research and make sure you know your statistics and the, and the stuff too. Um, but, and then, and then it's balancing that too. Then it's like, okay, now, now where is that line that it's actually holding you back now? Yeah. You know, it becomes irrational instead of productive, which is something that I touch base on in, in that episode, it's just like, look, fear can be a good thing. You know, it can shine a light on some area of your life that you need to look at a little bit deeper or, you know, it can be, like you said, it can be constructive. It can motivate you to, to, to get up off your ass and do something. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And then, oh, two more. Okay. Disgust. When was, Disgust. yeah. Oh man. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably this is going to be funny. It probably has nothing to do with self-improvement, but I went to eat sushi, um, recently with a couple friends of mine and we had this, uh, once was a really good spot in LA, like probably the best sushi I've ever had, but we tried this, uh, uh, uni, uh, sushi. Um, and it was like taking a huge gulp of salt water. And I was just cool. like, yeah, no, I don't care to ever eat that ever again in my life. So that was probably <laughs> the last time I, 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 I'm sure you were going for a different type of disgust, but that's, that's the first one that came to mind. No, that's what yeah. I, I'm not going, it's, this is the cool part of going through these emotions. It's just like, okay. hear any story <laughs> that comes out of it. So, um, and then lastly is, but not least joy. 
and joy. What What are you um, looking forward to also in life in general, or 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 also what brings you joy? Just so many things bring me joy, man. So many things, but probably just yesterday, uh, just being over at my my in law's house, at my brother in law's house with my wife, with with her brother, and they actually had my brother in law and his wife had their gender reveal. Uh, yes, uh, yesterday for their, for their second baby due in October. Um, just that man, just, just being around people that I love, being around people that I care, um, you know, welcoming, you know, uh, another baby that's soon to be in this world. Um, just that, man, just, just, just being around people that I really love, just being around people in general, man, just, just having an impact on people, making them smile, making them think a little bit differently. Um, and just, just being in the moment just that's something that I've, that I've tried to cultivate in myself too, as long as that, as, as well as that sense of self-awareness, which is something that meditation and journaling has helped me with is just, just being in the moment because so much of my life I've either lived in the past and with regrets and what ifs, you know, if, what if things had gone differently or too much in the future, like, Oh, what if, what if I don't do this? What is my future going to look like? What if I have a terrible life? What if I don't accomplish all the things I want to accomplish where I've just learned to like be in the present moment as much as possible. And that, and that has done so much to, to cure my anxiety and my sadness and my depression and, and all the stuff that I've been through. So just, just joy. I get joy whenever I'm in the present moment, no matter what I'm doing, even if I'm having a bad day, like, yeah, it'll be a bad day, but I can be like, okay, this is just a bad day. It's going to get better. Like it's whatever. I'm not going to let it snowball into something else, but just cultivating that sense of, um, that sense of, of mindfulness brings me, brings me a lot of joy. That's great. I love yeah. to hear that. Um, and it makes me just think that relationships are a huge part of, huge, man. you know, of, of, of just our happiness in general, right? Like it's really important to have good people around you. So huge, man. Yeah. And you never, you never know whose life you might impact with a simple smile, with a handshake, with a hug. Like I love hugging, man. I freaking <laughs> love hugging. Like I do. Like, I'm not just one of those, like, you know, kind of butt out, you know, hug, like, no, I really get in there. Even if it's, you know, even if I had gone, gone over to your studio and like done this, like I, I would have hugged you from the get go, man. Like, just, <laughs> I don't know, man. Just feel that love yeah. and that just that, I don't know, man. I just love that. So you never know. And that's one thing that put, keeps me going forward is like on those days where I don't want to write something or I don't want to do a video or that fear is holding me back. I try to think to myself, think about the one person that might hear this and might make their day and might change their life. You never know. You never know what impact you could be having on somebody else. That's cool. Yeah. Right. Um, all right. Yeah. Those are, those are some fun emotions there to go through. Yeah. But, uh, uh, lastly, I'd, I'd like to give you the floor. Uh, maybe sure. how can people find you and, and maybe what you're up to now and, uh, and maybe what you're going to look forward to doing in the future. Sure. Yeah, man. So yeah, right now, as we've talked about, um, working on building my life coaching, uh, business. I never thought, you know, I'd ever say that. I was always so scared to say I'm a life coach, but even though I haven't worked on any client, paying clients yet, I have a few clients I'm working with uh, pro bono just to get some work in and some practice in. But, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a life coach now. Like I'm, I'm actually doing it. And I would have been so ashamed to say that even just a few months ago or a year ago, you know, but now it's something that I'm really, you know, I really care about something that I'm striving for. Um, I'm working on my motivational speaking through Toastmasters. I'd love to you know, one day get to a point where I can go give keynote speeches and I can go inspire people and impact people and, and motivate people. So that's something I'm, I'm working toward as well. And like I just mentioned a few minutes ago, I just recorded 
you know, started recording my podcast, which is called uh, Behind the Masculinity, M-A-S-K. Um, so it's going to be a lot uh, centered around men and, you know, talking about the stuff that we talked about here, emotions, feelings, um, what it means to be a man, the, you know, definition of, of masculinity and dealing with all that stuff and just providing a space where men can come and talk about that stuff because we were taught for so long that that's just not what we do. So if I can provide that, I feel like I can do a lot of good. So, so those are some things uh, that I'm working on. Um, I don't have a website up yet. I need to, I need to work on building, building a website so people have a place to find me and, and find my services and whatnot. But that's in the process is not up yet. But if you want to find me, if you want to reach out to me, Instagram is probably, probably the best way. Clopey, uh, C-L-O-P-E-Y on Instagram. Uh, I have a medium page as well. If you want to go on there, just Christian Lopez, you, you should be able to find me. Um, I'm, I haven't done as many blog posts because I've been focusing more on the podcast and, and doing other stuff and, and working with clients. So I haven't written something in a while, but I like posting stuff on there. Um, so yeah, those are the, probably the two pl- best places to find me, but uh, yeah, stay tuned for that, uh, for that podcast that should be coming out within the next, next week or so. I want to get a, a couple of, uh, couple other episodes under my belt so I can launch a few episodes in that first that first week or two but yeah those are things that I'm working on and those are things that I'm I'm really excited about yeah awesome yeah so again really appreciate you being here and uh I'm 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 excited to follow your journey as well likewise Victor thanks for having me on man like I said again I love what you're doing this is awesome keep doing it because it's it's something that's really needed especially especially for us men. So you're, you're doing a really good thing, man. And, and I'm happy for you and I'm proud of you and just keep doing it. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Christian Lopez. Again, as I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, I, I do want to hear your thoughts and your perspectives on, on any of these topics that we hit on. Um, of course, this is just a conversation between two people with, with our own set of ideas and, and experiences as well. So I want to hear from other people and, and what this makes you think of as well. Um, all in an effort to really better understand ourselves and our role and, and how we want to show up as, as humans in general. So don't be afraid to reach out. You can email me at victor at victorung.com. You can also subscribe to this podcast and my blog at victorung.com slash subscribe. And in doing so, you also get 11 exercises that I've collected to help you improve your own emotional intelligence as well. And if you want dedicated, more personal support in diving into the the nuances of your life and helping you improve your own self-awareness and helping you see the blind spots in how you're showing up in this world, uh, reach out to me to schedule a free coaching session at victorong.com. There's a button there to schedule a call with me on my calendar. And I know how, you know, scary or, or how much hesitation you might have getting on the phone with a total stranger if, if you don't know me personally. But if you've been listening to this podcast up to this point, I think you know me quite well, which is actually a little bit unfair, uh, to be honest, cause, uh, you know me and I don't know you yet. So, Again, don't be afraid to take that emotional risk. You know, I'm sure if you're listening here, you value growth. 
And we can't grow without taking some kind of risk or, or getting out of our comfort zone. And if anything, you really only lose maybe an hour of your time. So again, don't be afraid to reach out and schedule a call with me at victorung.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. I will talk to you next Monday.